Hello, and welcome to the Brand Licensing Podcast. Are you looking to launch a licensed product or curious about the ins and outs of royalty rates and commissions? Want to hear firsthand from industry experts and leaders in licensing? You're in the right place. I'm your host, President of IMC Licensing, Emily Randalls. Here at the Brand Licensing Podcast, we're your one-stop shop for all things licensing. From best practices to the nitty-gritty of agreements and deal terms, we've got you covered. Want to learn more? Keep listening. You won't want to miss today's episode. Hi, Tom. Thanks for joining us today on our Brand Licensing Podcast. Hey, Emily. Nice to hear from you. So Tom is Partner and Creative Director at Styleworks, um, which is a branding and licensing design agency. So today we're talking with Tom about brand licensing style guides and how they can support the brand's licensing program. But before we jump into that, Tom, can you give us a little rundown on your resume? Sure. We started uh, Styleworks in 2012. I started it with Elena Caldwell, and um, we had worked together for actually for eight years at Frederick and Froberg Design Office, which was, I was a partner there. And our major focus was sports branding, believe it or not, or one of them. And that kind of led to working for the entertainment world, which led to licensing. And at 2012, we really wanted to sort of focus our business, meaning like do branding for ourselves. Like what, who are we? What is our messaging? And so we formed Styleworks to sort of have that consistent message out there. Awesome. So it sounds like your passion's always been like branding and design. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It just keeps, what I love about licensing is just you just get this really wide range. You're not just doing corporate work or you're not just doing one slice. You get to see a lot of different industries and products. Oh, I definitely relate to that. So people always ask me like, why, why do you, you know, like licensing? And I'm just like, we get to work with so many brands and so many product categories. And it's just, there's never a dull day. There's never, there's always a interesting surprise, but it's just very fun to work on so many different projects and brands. And so that's why I love licensing. So really in my experience working, so we have a lot of experience working in the CPG world. And a lot of times our clients will, licensees will ask for a style guide and our clients will just say, just give them the packaging files and um, they don't, you know, need to create they don't feel like there's a need to create a full style guide to do a few, you know, brand extensions. Can you tell us why brands should be thinking about this differently and in utilizing style guides for their brand licensing programs? Yeah, just just think about it for a moment. Your brand is now being interpreted by companies totally outside your culture, where you can communicate with uh, daily. Um, even internal companies have always had internal brand guides for their corporate standards and things. But now your brand is being put in the hands of somebody else to actually uh, work with. So what the style guide does is it, it, it gives you a consistent vision and sort of a roadmap to maybe the potential. And so it's, it, it provides directions, expectations. Um, so everything can be consistent. So if, uh, if a consumer goes into and sees that brand, whether it's a licensed product or a core product, they may never know the difference. So that's it. And yes, consumer product brands, you know, they have their packaging. But if you're uh, if you're Corona and you're doing, you know, you have beer and your beer packaging, well, guess what? Now that you're extending out, there's a tremendous amount more categories that you have to take into consideration. So consumer product companies have a leg up because they have created sort of 
a package, so to speak, and they have usually a positioning. But I've, I've definitely heard, I've heard that argument, same as you. Like here, here's my packaging. What else? So it's uh, it's it's really just the first step, especially depending on your strategy. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. We also like to describe it as like the brand is like the baby, right? And you're leaving you're leaving the baby with the babysitter. And so like you want to give them instructions on how to take care of the baby. And guess what? That baby's going to grow. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if a brand is thinking about creating a style guide, how much of an investment is a style guide for a brand and how does it deliver a return? It's tough because a lot of times I'd love to know like, okay, what, what are your royalty projections? Because is it a percentage? Is there a business decision? I mean, it's, it's, it's an investment, just like I think you would do into your marketing plan or advertising. Cost, it's, it's hard to imagine, but of course, when you're just, you haven't had any royalties coming in. So if you're a mature brand, you know, you have royalties coming in and a percentage Two to three percent could be set aside for style guides and updates and to keep it fresh in the marketplace. But what if when you're just starting out, it's a bit of a challenge and it's a leap. And, you know, I try to make people realize or think about it as, as marketing. I mean, they're, they're licensed product is marketing beside revenue. So so does so is the style guide. What what it can do is give you this tremendous amount of return because it'll make it'll it'll save a tremendous amount of time and approval management, product development time, and guess what? Then royalties come in and revenue comes in. So by not by holding back on that initial investment, you're actually holding back on revenue. So I think from your end, it must help you negotiate negotiate better deals if you've got this robust brand guide. You out there you can say, here's the picture. Here's here's where we're at and here's where we're headed. And it's like then potential licensees that don't have like, oh, geez, do I have to make this up? Uh, hmm, how, how do I interpret this? So, but it, but a cost, yeah, there, there's a there's a range, you know, anywhere from twenty five thousand to a hundred thousand, <laughs> depending if you're a new movie, you know, movie. Uh, what what trolls is putting into a brand guide is different than maybe a first time consumer product company that's that's just going beyond their core core brand. No, that makes a lot of sense. I like positioning how you said, you know, think of it as marketing and in that investment. And I think that that really, really, really resonates for me and our, hopefully our clients, some great thoughts, because it does make, you know, working with the licensees and selling the brand a lot easier so they can see the, the vision and know how you want them to take the brand into the extended categories and Obviously, there's, you know, collaboration. So if the licensee has ideas on how to improve, but just having that initial, you know, guidance or, you know, visual of what this extension could develop into, I think really helps people expand and grow their thinking about how the, the relationship and partnership can grow. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, there's latitude because it's, it's not this strict sort of brand standards manual logo two inches to the right <laughs> you know this is right this is uh it's a feeling it's a man a licensee is going to go wow i'd love to do this and does it fit within that latitude you have to have that i think creative latitude no that makes a lot of sense so knowing what we should be doing what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen brands or companies making in terms of design for their licensing programs i mean just kind of what i touched on there is just like it just becomes sort of this technical implementation of a logo and a package 
and your legal line um, with, without sort of like really having the storytelling and the positioning from that, from the, the lens of all these range of potential products. Um, and sometimes I see just, okay, here it is. It's just shoved into a document versus, you know, what does it mean in those marketplaces from, from a trend and competitive? That's sort of the basis. Not that that is all in a style guide, but it should sort of come through in, in the, in the creative development. Um, to think what else sometimes i just see assets out there you know versus systems like some designers can some licensees can really rock stuff they do a great job but you know and so they need tools to go not just okay here's two t-shirts two what about i can create a whole line from this <laughs> that's what you want so right it's interesting too i've seen you know licensees work really hard on the packaging to get that right but then they they'll put a retail display like a shipper box on shelf with the logo slapped on there and it's like well that <laughs> really doesn't match that beautiful packaging that you worked so hard on so it's like you know giving them the the full vision or helping them create the cohesive line the go-to a lot of times sort of you're like wow i've got this great toy company or a consumer packaging company they don't know how to do this and we were working with uh, Animal Planet Pets, and we were working with one of the leading, you know, toy manufacturers at Target. And it still took this hand-holding, and we had a style guide, and we worked with them very closely, which was great. But when they're left on their own, it just didn't happen. <laughs> and you think, wow, if anybody can't do it, why would this somebody that's already in Target and TRU at the time not pull it off, but it's because they don't, they're not coming from the brand owner's point of view, or at this point, it's Animal Planet, the network, and their, their, their essence. And, and then also now it's in Target. So any other examples of like, who's doing this really well, like that comes top of mind for you? I mean, beside obviously it's sort of like Disney and NBC Universal, and they've got huge machines doing great style guides. I mean, I do, I do think Discovery Channel does a great job. I, they've been a client of ours for 10 years. They, they really do, you know, they get it and understand sort of how to, how to implement sort of style guides. They do a great job. How about, how about you? What have you seen out there? Yeah, like I said, in, in CPG, it, it's a little bit of a struggle. I think, you know, like what you, your example earlier on like Corona and taking your, your food and beverage into other categories um, has really, you know, having the style guide in, in those instances really helps the extension and making sure things are on trend and on target for the brand voice. But, you know, Corona, we did uh, a lot of work with different modules, but I, is it because they're a mature brand? Is it they've been in this licensing game, not just doing sort of cool t-shirts and coolers and, you know, they've been, they're a lifestyle. They've translated from to to from a beverage to a lifestyle so yes yeah and i think that's a really great point like a lot of brands aspirationally want to transfer into a lifestyle and so you know one way for them to think about doing that is create you know taking the step to really dive into the creative and the strategy and having a creative strategy to do that versus just going out and seeing if they can you know license into t-shirts and ball caps right because that's not going to create the lifestyle um, and I think also 
from what I've seen in terms of brands becoming lifestyle is, you know, working closely with the brand. So, you know, brand owners can't just say, you know, here's our style guide, go do what you want. You know, you have to, to create that brand voice and that experience, you have to collaborate closely with them so that they understand what you're doing and that they can kind of utilize those assets or the creative things that you're doing, maybe a commercial or what have you, and putting that into the licensed product. Yeah. And I feel consumer CPG brands are very, they're, people like Corona, Pepsi, they're very tight. They fit like, uh, we just finished Cheetos. And boy, I mean, they are laser focused on that, every bit of that package and, and the consumer experience. And so they, they there's expectations if you're all of a sudden now you're, you're creating a line of fashion wear. Mm-hmm. Well, before we keep going, I'm going to pause here for just a moment to hear a little bit about our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by BrainBase. BrainBase is a technology platform that helps brands manage and monetize their intellectual property. The current platform, Assist, helps brands track their legal contracts, sales, royalties, creative and product approvals, files, analytics, and so much more. Additionally, they're working on launching a new service, Marketplace. Marketplace will allow you to showcase your brand and discover new opportunities from a global network of prospective partners. We use BrainBase Assist program to manage and track licensing programs for our clients. We love the analytics and reporting tools and are excited about the new royalty reporting features they're rolling out. Check it out if you're looking for an online management tool for your program. We've linked to their site in our show notes. Now back to our show. So Tom, besides packaging designs and guidelines, what else do style guides typically provide licensees? Well, I think there's, you know, there's a full range. And so it kind of depends on A, the strategy, and then sort of what assets are available. But sometimes they include a little bit more robust brand positioning, uh, attributes, mission, how it, how it actually pertains to those, that, that brand extension program. Um, maybe it's different than a core brand, quite many times it is. Um, some guides will, we put a lot of, we put a lot of product vision because a lot of times I've found the trend is to, as a sales tool, when you're out there, it, it's, especially on a launch, you wanna see how the product gets implemented and inspired and creates creates new products. So those product vision is, is sort of an important part. And then if it's lifestyle, you definitely need tools, editorial things, approved fonts, colors, things that are more trend-driven and collection-driven. And then, um, if if you're if it's packaging, uh, we've included retail or POS displays. And a lot of times, these things it can be building blocks. It's, you can keep adding to it. Um, and then, of course, if if you're doing a character-based or like a book or a TV property you have full sort of character profiles maybe even uh sculpts so that you can create uh, plush or uh, toys and so it's very much focused on what the assets are from the uh from the entertainment or book and you know when you're talking about brand positioning and values and and thinking about that from the licensing portfolio perspective, it's interesting. I guess that is kind of your in some ways you're really helping with strategy and really putting the strategy. It's not just here's how to use a logo, right? It's more that strategic um, piece of the licensing, you know, approach. And so it's it's an interesting way to think of 
you know, those as assets to give to licensees? Yeah, it's, it's it, a lot of times you're working with a core brand. So you're like we, we were working on a, a billboard, uh, billboard magazine style guide and billboard is a media brand. They're about, you know, getting eyeballs into their website and their magazine. So their brand sort of what what their mission was is that. But once they go into sort of now consumer products, electronics, whatever, we change the positioning to be discover all things music which changes, it's an active thing. And the same with Discovery Channel, we went from the channel to an outdoor life, outdoor lifestyle brand, we, we had to change sort of that mission and almost like articulate it and to be active, it's an experiential. So I think it, it, you're, you're starting with the core brand and what's important to them, but then you're saying, what does that mean in product? And so articulating is just a healthy thing because then that leads to, okay, what, what can we create and how is it on brand? And, and so on that note, like when should a license or a brand start thinking about creating a style guide um, or these guidelines? Like, do you do it after your strategy, before you even start, you know, developing licensing program or once you've got a licensee on board, like what's best practice or what's more most effective, maybe I should say. I would say as soon as you as a licensing agent or brand owner have developed the strategy, you should start in because it is going to be that sales tool for you, plus the amount of time it takes. And that potential licensee is going to want to see either, wow, this is in development. And it's this is what, you know, a lot of times it's in progress because, A, you're anxious as a licensing agent to get out and sell. That because that's where your revenue is coming from. You're anxious to get it out there. But then, so sometimes we'll create sort of this, well, here's the brand vision and enough that you can go out and sell while sort of like the rest of the house is being completed. <laughs> so, you know. we, yeah, we like flying the plane while um, building it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it'll, it'd be a nice world where we go, okay, give me the strategy. I create a style guide and you go sell it. Well, you know, you may not be able to wait three months. So, uh, but it, we've done that. And it's actually with billboard that when I mentioned, we did sort of the, the sort of the positioning brand vision and they that hit licensing expo while we were finishing the guide. And then it sort of, they were able to, it helps us like, then they could have a callback. Then, Oh, look, it's actually, it's there. It's a pure sales tool. Like, Hey, we've developed new collections we really want to show you. So you you guys can use it as a bit of a strategy, sales strategy. So we've talked a little bit about this, uh, but in, you know, like I said, my experience with CPG, and it sounds like you have kind of more lifestyle and entertainment brand experiences. Um, but what would be the some of the key differences in a style guide for those types of properties? Right. with the, On the consumer CPG, you're, you are a lot of times focused on that core packaging and depending on, like for Playtex, it was almost like in the same aisle, so to speak, but they were licensing it out. So there you're really trying to go directly from that core brand and, and, and sort of move it into these new areas. But the thing is, is what if it's moving in a different part of the, the re, or different retailer, different stores? So there you're sort of expanding and making sure everything is, is co- cohesive. Well, in entertainment, movies, uh, books, it's really, a, it's about the story. It's about the assets and it's about, and yeah, can that transcend to a brand? Yeah. Think of trolls. Um, 
but then those are much more focused on the characters and how to maybe interpret those characters into trend-driven product. Um, and that, and then a lifestyle, whether it's a, you know, and then there's another category, celebrity, you know, and that, <laughs> that's a little bit different too, because it's a little bit more of an essence-based lifestyle. And what about home versus fashion? So there's all these sort of little nuances, but then with a lifestyle, whether it's home or, or, or apparel, you're now focusing on that essence. And then how, how is it uh, trend driven? What are the tools? Um, a little bit, and it can be assets, but it's a little bit more about a, a view book. And, and then the, the, pack, the uh, packaging modules are a little bit more uh, apparel driven, hang tags, product labels, applications, things like that. But um, it's some, sometimes you have all three. So it's always this sort of module approach, so to speak. Nice. And it sounds like you can kind of plug those pieces in as you need them. And, and it sounds just based on kind of your experience and talking, you talking with your clients that these are ongoing kind of relationships or where you, you know, do the updates or maybe plug in a new module, depending on strategy. Is that right? Yeah. In fact, for uh, the world of Eric Carl, one of the projects we're actually working on, we've worked on for 10 years and it's obviously a global brand and there are a certain amount of assets they are all from the books and they're wonderful. But then every year we do six to eight potential trends and then they come down to one they just they actually show those to licensees and come back and say let's do these two trends this this season and right now we're working on the one for so so they'll update it almost yearly in that in in some of those cases i think that's one of the biggest things we hear from licensees is sometimes just getting the updates and you know updated vision and brand information from brands and while the brands are very busy focused on their core product, you know, that's an important piece for a licensee. So I think that's a great way to be a, a good partner. Yeah. One of the, I was just watching this, uh, a, a interview with a, a licensor and a licensee in, uh, in a webinar. And this uh, the, the question was, what's the most important thing a licensor you want from a uh, or what you want from a licensor and the licensee said creative assets and fast approvals yeah <laughs> i went oh okay that tells you the importance of a style guide right right there it's like well that was your it wasn't like relationship you know the royalties to go through it was like assets and fast approvals <laughs> but i mean if you think about it those are you know like fast approvals you get product to market faster product sales faster. And ev and that's what really everybody wants, both the licensee and the licensor. So, you know, when you connect it to the revenue, it helps really justify getting them those, those assets. Do we just come down to, is it just that simple? Yeah, right. <laughs> we just solved all the licensing world problems. Right there. Awesome. Well, um, before I, before we kind of sign off today, I, I'm kind of asking, one of my favorite questions, which is what is one of the weirdest or kind of most eclectic licensing partnerships or programs that you've worked on? Let's see. I remember Elaine and I were sitting one day kind of like working on a whole bunch of things. And it was it was this combination of, of projects that just went, we just shook our head because we were working on a style guide for Sprout Network, which is NBC's uh, Universal's preschool. It was this wholesome DIY, you know, 
cute characters and then at the same time working on Ancient Aliens, which was very adult niche kind of property. And then also working on Hustler Magazine, which is positioning as irreverent free speech and sex as its core values. And I looked at her and I go, wow, this is like you're all of a sudden it's this sort of urban-y and the next thing is this cute little chicken with <laughs> so it was like, oh, this is why I like doing this. This is a fun day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. If people want to connect with you offline, where can they or online, I guess I should say, where can they find you? At uh styleworkscreative.com. And I'm Tom at styleworkscreative.com. And link into me too. Perfect. All right. Well, you have provided some really great insights on style guides and creative and how to think of this more strategically. I know I plan to use a lot of these points with my clients um, on the importance of style guides. So really appreciate your time and um, hope our uh, listeners enjoy as well. Emily, thank you so much for the time and opportunity and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Brand Licensing Podcast. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time.